Wait, what? So this happened. I'm Rachel Vallesnor, and this is the podcast Hell is Not the End. Although it feels like just the beginning sometimes. Is anything really the end, though? This podcast is meant to explore the limitless possibilities of one's own soul. Why do people do bad things? Why are there countless happenings beyond understanding? Why, when we are cautioned not to do something, do we just do it anyway? The definition of curiosity, a strong desire to know or learn something. There you have it. I will curiously explore why. Hell is not the end. Dreamland Park, located in Rusco Manor Township in Pennsylvania, very close to Reading, Pennsylvania, was built sometime in the 1930s and closed sometime in the 1950s. It had been heavily linked to illegal gambling and rumored ties to the Mafia, mainly due to the man that actually ran the very small Dreamland Park. On August 13, 1969, long after the park had been closed for many years, a very horrific incident would take place. A teen couple taking a drive and stopping along Skyland Drive that overlooks Reading, Pennsylvania, are approached by two members of a motorcycle gang that force their way into the couple's vehicle. They instruct the male teen to drive to a train station in another town, where they abandon the vehicle. The couple is then forced into a box truck owned by the gang, with two additional gang members. The four gang members take turns raping the female teen in the box truck. A few hours later, very early in the morning, the six will wind up back at Dreamland Park. The teen couple are forced into the woods surrounding the park just out of sight. The male teen was shot to death and appeared to have been beaten around his head. The female teen, after being raped repeatedly, was beaten to death with a rock, fracturing her skull. The gang members carelessly buried the teens in a shallow grave, covering them with rocks and debris. More than two months later, their already decomposing bodies are discovered. The case goes to trial in 1970, and the two gang members that force their way into the couple's vehicles are convicted of their murders in two separate trials. They are both sentenced to life in prison and are housed at separate state prisons. The other two gang members involved were not charged with murder due to them turning state's evidence against the two who were convicted. They were charged with rape, but their charges would be dropped due to lack of evidence. The two gang members convicted were maintained their innocence, stating that the other two gang members were the actual murderers. There is no real proof as to who actually killed the teens, as there was no physical evidence linking any one of them. Since the two gang members who had turned state's evidence before the other two could, it was their word against theirs. It was one gang member's word against another. On June 15, 1996, one of the non-convicted gang members would find himself in trouble again. The former gang member turned businessman was living in a part of Wernersville, Pennsylvania. The house was a converted chapel and was the subject of local folklore and had been regularly visited by teens and their curiosity. On this day, five teens in a vehicle drive past the house shouting and shining flashlights into the house. Angered by this, the former gang member comes out to confront the disturbance with a 357 Magnum and shoots twice into the vehicle's direction. One of the shots fired goes through the passenger side window, hitting a 17-year-old boy in the head. He dies in the hospital many hours later, a day before his 18th birthday. The murderer serves five years in prison for involuntary manslaughter. 
Rocky Point Amusement Park in Warwick, Rhode Island opened in 1847 and closed in 1994. In 1996, it reopened briefly as a kind of farewell to patrons. From the 1950s through 1994, Rocky Point Amusement Park would be considered one of the most popular attractions in Rhode Island. In its 147-year history, there is only one death on record. Rocky Point Amusement Park is known for a couple thrill rides like the Skyliner, the Corkscrew Loop Roller Coaster, Log Flume, and the Freefall, similar to the Six Flags ride in the, of the same name, falling 13 feet and traveling at a speed of 55 miles per hour. It also has a famous dining hall, the Shore Dinner Hall, which served clam cakes, steamers, lobsters, and Manhattan-style clam chowder. The Shore Diner Hall could seat 4,000 patrons at one time. In later years, the park's logo was a lobster tipping its hat, which was used in television commercials as well as the park's advertising print. The park's circa 1963 Castle of Terror dark ride, renamed House of Horrors in 1970, it was one of the most popular rides at the park. It was one of those dark rides, social media phenomenons that live on to this day, decades past its demolition. Rocky Point also was a host to memorable concerts like Janis Joplin, ACDC, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Pearl Jam, Blue Oyster Cult, Pixies, Susie and the Banshees, Sonic Youth, Jane's Addiction, The Yardbirds, Peter Frampton, Dream Theater, Weezer, and The Ramones, among many others. In August of 1893, a five-year-old girl and her father visit Rocky Point Park. Her father was a former school principal, and he had suffered a traumatic brain injury in a freak accident right around the time of his daughter's birth. To make matters even worse, the girl's mother and the father's wife dies from complications from childbirth, just a week after the girl's birth. On a certain day, this father takes his five-year-old daughter to dinner at the Shore Dinner Hall. After dinner, father and daughter walk to the shore. At the edge of the bay, the father kills his daughter by beating her to death with a rock. Her father would not be convicted of this crime due to mental instability. Enter the Conspiracy Corner. this horrific accident is reported in the newspapers but forgotten with time. The park gains popularity and the story does not get passed on. Sometimes it seems like the pattern of any amusement park. This father had confessed to his doctor several times that he was going to kill his daughter. Unstable much? He was prescribed cocaine and opium, which were apparently legal drugs in the 1800s. I'll take some heroin for my migraines. My hope is that no one has to live in fear, ever. As always, I will never give up and read the signs. Special thanks to all the reading materials I could get my hands on, internet mostly, thanks to wikipedia.org and onlyinyourstate.com.
Thanks so much for listening. I'm Rachel Vallesnor, and this is the podcast, Hell is Not the End. <laughs> <laughs>